Rocky Popular Outcast production. This is the Portable Power Podcast. The date is April 28th, 2013. Uh, my name is Emmer Smith, and I'm here with... Kevin Seibert. And... Mark Matters. Okay, this is our first episode. Uh, we are a podcast covering mobile video games on three platforms. The Nintendo DS, the 3DS, uh, the Android platform, and Apple iOS. We don't cover the PlayStation Vita because none of us own one and none of us care. I don't make PlayStation Vita money, so right. I can't afford that thing. If Sony would like to send us a free Vita and free games every month, uh, we would be all right with reviewing their product, but otherwise this won't happen. Yeah, you won't say no. Okay, Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Emrys? I'm all right. What are you drinking? I am drinking some Chivas Regal uh, 12-year blended scotch. Mm. And what are you playing? I am playing, uh, outside of the portable world, I'm playing League of Legends, and I recently tracked down a mint condition copy of Mega Man 6 for the NES, so I've been playing that as well. Some hipster bullshit, then. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. That's, that's, That's what's going on here. I, I and I have the glasses to prove it. How about you, Mark? How are you doing? Um, fantastic. And uh, what yeah. are you drinking? Over here, I have a uh, Chimay Premier. That's the red label Chimay. I got a uh, 22 ounce bottle. I'm drinking it from my Chimay chalice. And uh, a few minutes before we started recording, it almost exploded in my face. So I'm sad we didn't get that on the air. That would have been podcast gold, but you still you chose an excellent beverage nonetheless. Uh, what do you, what are you playing that's not portable? <clears throat> um, well, let's see. Right now on the Wii U, I'm playing uh, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, uh, mostly doing online. It's really good. And then um, I'm also playing Pandora's Tower for the Nintendo Wii. It's a Japanese game that almost didn't make it to America, so I'm greatly enjoying it. It's a little underappreciated sort of niche game, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm resisting the urge to call that hipster bullshit also. Well, it's okay. We don't know each other enough yet, but maybe by episode <laughs> two. Emrys, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And I hear oh, you already got started drinking. Oh, yeah. Earlier yeah, in I've the got... day. <laughs> and <Well>. eating. <laughs> yes. Certain things. Okay. Yeah. I'm drinking right now. I've got uh, Samuel Adams a Little White Rye. Which, you know, sometimes these Samuel Adams varietal mess, but this is like some spicy flavor that I'm enjoying. It's ha- right. It says it has ale brewed with orange peel, coriander, and sage, which sounds horrible, but it's it's good. It has this, I don't know, it's spicy. And the important thing to note here is that it's not Miller High Life. Yeah. Which I would normally be drinking, but my roommate sort of sprung for this stuff. Well, that that's, that sounds like a good roommate. It's too bad he's leaving, huh? Yeah, we're having, he's having a party today. The party is like 40% party, 45% helping him move, 15% uh, shitty moving party, and like a little smidgen of obligation at the bottom. Mm. 
Well, are you are you playing any games uh, outside of the mobile domain? Actually, hang on a second. I think I hear knocking. So, be right back. Okay. There was knocking. Okay. Um, was yeah, it, so... Was it, was it a rapist? No, it's it's part of my roommate's moving slash party party. Fantastic. Yeah, so I'll just start with my answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Out, uh, outside of portable gaming, I'm playing a lot of Bioshock Infinity... It came uh, out a couple weeks ago. I'm going back through on 1999 mode. And, that's hardcore. Um, well, yeah, I actually haven't gotten that far, so it's not even hard yet. And uh, I play League of Legends and watch League of Legends like crazy. It's like obsession. That game has really they kicked kickstarted the esports thing like more than like you, you, still, yeah. you don't really you didn't really hear about that as much before League of Legends started doing. Like broadcasted was, tournaments and everything. There was a lot of StarCraft, but almost nothing in the U.S. But we're not here to talk about PC games. We're here to talk about portable games. <laughs> and since Kevin, this is our, since this is our first episode, we should probably go over our credentials and our our past history with um, portable gaming. Oh yes. sure. So uh, Emrys, where did you get your start with portable games? I started um, the earliest one I remember was a Speak and Spell. Yeah, it was uh, it was Tetris on the original Game Boy, the gray brick with the pea soup, urine-colored screen. That that guy. The uh, I have the original Game Boy in my living room to this day as sort of the equivalent of a coffee table book. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty amazing piece of hardware, actually. I think you could kill a man with it. It certainly wasn't extremely portable. No, no. I mean, pants were baggier. In those days, so I don't know. <laughs> now we're all all us hipsters Stop. are wearing our Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 sir have derailed me. Um, <laughs> Kevin, why don't you why don't you uh where where are your credentials? Tell us why we should believe a, a word you have to say. All right. Well, I originally got started on portable gaming with John Elway's quarterback, the Tiger handheld game. Um, you know, with the LCD screen and the uh, really terrible gameplay. Um, you are a, a big sports fan. I I love <laughs> me some sports. I like yeah. to see how many yards I can scrimmage. Yeah. Um, and, well, I, I quickly moved on into uh, Nintendo's Game Boy. I bought my first one off of a friend for $25, and that came with Tetris, which pretty much hooked me. That and uh, Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge which is, to this day, one of the hardest games I've ever beaten. I've um, never gotten anywhere in that game. Oh, I, I went back to try to play it, and I'm rubbish at it now. It's terrible. Like, it's, the, it's, the, it's ridiculously hard. Uh, what about you, Mark? Where did you get your background in portable gaming? I started with the old uh, Tiger electronic handheld games as well. Um, I think my first one was some game called Cat Trap or Mouse Trap or something. I always forget the name, but uh, it was basically your a mouse and you have to navigate this labyrinth and find cheese and ev- evade cats. And the cats had this like ticking noise. This like, eh, eh. and the closer they got to you, like the louder and faster it got. And it was, it was potentially the first survival horror game, I think. I don't know. So yeah, after that, I moved on to the original game boy, um, with Tetris, some great memories, staying up late, linking two game boys together and playing against my friend, Kyle. 
Yeah, I remember playing um, with the with the link cables on Tetris with my friend Micah, and that was uh, that was a really good time. Yeah. So now that we've established ourselves as titans of gaming, because we apparently <laughs> all played Tetris on the original Game Boy, um, like so few. Why don't you get us started with your uh, review? Of... All right. What's well... the game called, Amaris? <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely got a m- mansion, the moon. All right. Well, for the uh, 3DS game that we're covering for this episode, I'll be talking about Luigi's Mansion: Dark Moon. Um, some of the impressions, you know, as as I played over it, um, I I had a great time with this game. I thought the writing was very clever. Um, the it relies heavily on pun humor, and anyone who played the uh, Mario and Luigi games, uh, the RPGs for the Game Boy Advance or the DS, will be very familiar with the writing style. It's kind of very humorous with puns, but not necessarily bottom of the barrel puns. They're actually, uh, you know, it's it's enjoyable. Um, the, what really stands out about Luigi's Mansion for me is uh, the top-notch animation. Um, it has perhaps the best graphics on the 3DS yet. Um, mm. The the amount of detail that Nintendo managed to squeeze into uh, the game with like Luigi's sp- expressions, like as he's running through the mansions, he has this look of abject terror on his face, and you just kind of feel bad for him because. Uh, the whole game is basically about just him being Professor Egad's bitch, and you know, getting uh, getting pixelated every into every mission that he sends to. Which is the, the the pixelator is this machine that breaks him down and teleports him through what looks almost like a Doctor Who um, title sequence into Around the, the time vortex. Yeah, the time vortex into into the the next stage of the mansion where he has to do. Um, it's it's a weird combination of um, like a comedy, survival horror. Like it, it's it's actually very reminiscent of Ghostbusters when it comes down to it. Um, with the he he uses um, a flashlight. It's only two two tools that he has in the entire game: a flashlight and his vacuum cleaner, the Poltergeist Five Thousand, um, which he he uses to basically trap ghosts like very reminiscent of the ghostbusters um proton packs and the uh the ghost traps all wrapped all into one now where where do the ghosts go once he sucks them it, it's seriously exactly like ghostbusters like they go into his ghost trap thing like in his pa- okay. he carries it around on his back and then once he gets back to home base with professor egad uh it goes into like a gigantic trap exactly like ghostbusters oh but, so he would you say that he's both sucking and blowing the ghosts then? That's ex- well, no, he doesn't blow the ghosts. He only sucks the ghosts. He blows okay. everything in his environment, though. Wow. Yeah, it's there's a lot of blowing that goes on in this game. I'm um, sure no one has made that joke before. No, I, I certainly haven't read that in Penny Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's an interesting mix of like a funny puzzler and a horror game, like. Um, is it ever legitimately scary? Uh, it's tense. I wouldn't say that okay. it's scary, but like when you wander into into a room that has ghosts in it, like you can't always see them right away. Like you, you'll you'll usually know there's a ghost because the the music changes, and like the lights will dim. Uh, there's like an eerie piano that just it's like one note music. You know, it, it'll just play like okay. one note at a time, and it'll be very spacey. Um. 
and gates will pop up that prevent you from going to the next room. Um, but th- there's like you know fantastic attention to detail. Like if a ghost is in a room, you can see Luigi's breath. Um, and it, there, it's it, so it's not necessarily scary. But when you're in a room with ghosts, it does become very tense because you don't know where they are until right until they're about to attack. The mansions are divided into individual levels. It's kind of similar to uh, Mark. You played Super Mario Sunshine, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know how you play the same level again and again, but, like, with different sections opening up each time you play it? I really don't remember that, but continue. Okay, well, that's kind of how Luigi's Mansion handles the mansions. Like, there are five different mansions, and each time you go back into a mansion to, do, to perform a different mission, like, a new section of it opens up. Hmm. Um, so... It sounds repetitive, but it but it actually isn't because you're always doing you're always exploring like a different section of the mansion each time you go back. Nice. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you need like other requirements like a uh, Metroid or Castlevania, or like you might need a special item and then you can go back and open that area? No, it's it, it's it's always um, in like a story based format. Like you know, you'll go in on one mission. You'll be like, your mission this time is to find this key to open up this door. And then when you find the key, the mission ends, you get pixelated back to headquarters, Professor Egad abuses you some more, and then pixelates you back, and then, you know, sends you into the next mission. What, uh, it, it's always the same tools that you have. You only ever have the Poltergeist 5000 and a flashlight, and eventually the flashlight gets uh, what's called a dark light device, uh, mm-hmm. which reveals hidden items in your environment. So you'll walk into a room sometimes, and... You know, you'll wander around for a while, and then you notice, hey, you know, something's weird about this room. And it's not because you've been in the room before you notice something is missing, but it's like you, you walk into the room, and eventually you start to get, like, a sense for Luigi's Mansion interior decorating. Okay. So, it, so it's like, oh, well, it looks like there should be something here. So, you know, you shine the um, the dark light device, and sure enough, something that was hidden before appears, and that allows you to progress further. This is something that, um, you know, an interior decorator comes by much more naturally, but eventually, like, as you play the game, you start to become much more used to it. Okay. Where would you put the difficulty? Uh, I would... The difficulty is moderate. Like, it's... I, I feel like when I was playing, I was making it a lot more difficult than it needed to be. Like, okay. it, it's very easy to overthink a puzzle. Like the, a lot of the puzzles are very simple, like not so simple that um, you get that you become bored of it, but never so complex that, like for example, I was in a ghost fight. I was in a fight with three ghosts, um, and each ghost kind of has their own trick that you have to figure out. Um, I spent it took me three tries to get um, these ghosts. There, there were these sister ghosts that had mirrors that would, in order to, to to catch a ghost, you have to like flash your light at them to stun them, and then you can suck them in with the Poltergeist Five Thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and but these ghosts had mirrors, and they were circling around me. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out their their trick or whatever, and I'm flashing them with my with my flashlight. And they're just reflecting it back at me and then attacking me. And I kept dying from this, trying to notice a pattern. And I was, I, I was sitting there like, all right, so, you know, I have to hit them when they're at this angle. Or, you know, I have to charge up the flashlight all the way and then fire it. Or, and I, I could not get it right. And it turns out the solution to the puzzle is I just had to be patient and wait for the, one of them to lower their mirror and flash them <laughs> then. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so, it, like, I'm basically losing at a game that a child could figure out. You mentioned dying. What happens when you die in this game? That's one of the things I don't like about this game. You ha- There's no save points, so you have to just restart the entire mission. That's old school. 
yeah, is it, there it, a funny? It's very there, old school. Is there a funny uh, animation? Like, do you get possessed and then have your body ruptured from within by a specter? No, you just you just fall asleep, and it says "sweet dreams" or something like that. Oh. And then you and then you restart the mission. Um, if you if you <laughs> collected a gold bone at some point during the mission, uh, a polter pup will come and lick you awake. But that only happens once per mission. I just I'm mentally trying to keep track of the number of euphemisms in this game. There are a lot of <laughs> euphemisms. I'm kind of wondering how many of them were intentional. Sometimes, if you want to suck a ghost, you have to give it your bone. Yeah, that's, that's have the duck. The replay value for the game, it has like a ranking system for every level, like for how fast you complete it, for how little damage you take, for how many hidden items you find. There's a hidden boo diddly in every in every level, apparently. So yeah, okay. that um that's actually pretty difficult to find. I've barely found any of them. Now, um, um hmm? is this online like leaderboards? Are you competing against other people or are you just trying to beat your own like best records? Well, I haven't gotten to try the online features at all, but yeah, okay. as far as I know, it's just against yourself. Um, okay. It, Do you think there's like ghost data, like in Mario Kart, or is it? No, I don't think there's ghost data. Not. Like I don't Mario have much Kart. of a visual reference here. That's why I'm asking questions that probably seem stupid. I, I hate your stupid questions, Mark. <laughs> I haven't replayed any of the levels yet. Um, okay. Because I, I'm generally not the kind of gamer who tries to go back through and, like, best his personal, you know, best time on, like, a, a level of something. Because right. spe- speedrunning things isn't really my, isn't really how I play games. It's becoming really hard in this day and age because so many games come out. And I don't, I don't have the dedication I used to because by the time I finish one game, there's another game out that I want to play. So I'm never going to go back and try to do something frivolous like beating a speed record or, or something like that. I'm, I'm exactly the same way. And when the 3DS first came out, and there were only a handful of games that were worth playing, like, yeah, I, mm. I went back through and tried to beat my best times on Super Mario 3D Land. But uh. now that there's, you know, I, I have Scribblenauts Unlimited and uh, a couple other games on the back burner that mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, waiting to get to. So I, I'm not eager yeah. to go back and replay something I've already played. For sure. It's frustrating as when a game is only, like, 10 hours long and you just want more of it like especially if it was really good you know Mm -hmm. and then there's nothing to do but like time trials and doing the same rooms over and over you pretty much just described every game on ps3 (laughs) (laughs) as far as um the cons for luigi's mansion um, like and overall, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm criticizing this game because I, it's fantastic and, and I've been having. A I blast hear nothing with it. but good things. Right. the the only The only criticisms I have for it is that it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a portable game. And what I mean by that is, I spend a lot of time exploring, and some of the missions can take in the realm of 45 minutes to an hour, which isn't exactly great for a quick diversion while you're standing in line at the grocery store. Now that that makes for a more immersive experience. On one yeah. hand, but the problem is there there aren't any save points, and when you die and have to restart the entire level, that's an hour that you've lost, and that's happened to me a couple of times at this point. Yeah, there's um, a lot of stuff that I feel the 3DS and maybe even the Vita have working against it, is the games are getting pretty close to console game quality. Like Resident Evil Revelations, well, it's coming out now on consoles because it's so complex. It's such a good, big game. And the the battery life. So it's like you you if you don't have these saves or you don't have uh, a way to 
I don't know, restore points or something. Like you have to sit down for hours at a time on your handheld system. And depending on, you know, you better have your battery charged or plugged in or whatever. It doesn't, games like this don't really lend themselves to um, commuters and, and stuff like that. Because what can you do? Put it into sleep mode and then the battery dies at work and then you lose all your progress. Exactly. Like there, there have been a couple, of, and I, I realize this is nitpicking, but there have been a couple of times sure. where, like, I, I've been, you know, I've run into a friend, and I've, I've wanted to show them the Zelda 3DS trailer, and mm-hmm. but I've been in the middle of a Luigi's Mansion mission, and like, even like a quick save would have been fantastic. Where, like, you know, yeah. you just it just saves itself, and you know, it's not a save point per se. Like, you can only reaccess it again one time, but right. you know, it, it just saves your progress where you were at. And, but there have just been enough times that I've lost progress on the game that, that it is a little frustrating. It's certainly not a huge complaint, but it's something I would like to see addressed in future uh, Nintendo 3DS releases. Well, in I future think... games in general. Like, saving think... needs to be updated. Agreed. I think the 3DS relies more on uh, just closing the lid and putting it in sleep mode. Like I think that's supposed to be your quick save. Which is fine, but 3DS's battery life is notoriously poor. It is. I I, I don't know anything about the battery life. I have to charge mine every day. So uh, how battery intensive was your game, Mark? (laughs) What game is that? The game that you're reviewing. I'm reviewing um, Injustice, Gods Among Us. Uh, It's an iOS exclusive fighting game uh, based on the console title that's available right now uh, features all the sort of the the DC Comics characters uh, just in a Mortal Kombat style environment. It's actually made by the people who made the most recent uh, Mortal Kombat game. Uh, It's not very battery intensive. It's not optimized for my phone. My phone is not the newest model, so um, it doesn't run perfect on there. I recommend having probably an iPhone 5 if you're going to play this game and get the most out of it. I noticed a few frame rate chops, and I noticed uh, long load times. But um, in general, it's playable. Um, so uh, here's the gist of the game. Um, you start out with this predetermined team of three DC superheroes or villains. Um, you battle out in a whole bunch of single-round tag team matches. And you move up this ladder of, um, through extrapolation, I figured to be 200 fights. I didn't get that far. But as you um, continue on through these battles, you level up your team, and all the while you're gaining in-game currency and unlocking cards that um, they can give you additional characters, special moves, and perks like bleed damage, healing, strength, and stuff like that. Um, Battle plays a lot like um, Mortal Kombat, the most recent version, well, pretty much every version, uh, on a 2D plane uh, as the characters punch and kick the crap out of each other. Um, there's occasionally the, pa- the the camera will pan around during a special attack, but by and large it's, you know, moving left and right. Uh, the control screen is very simple, so even people uh, like Kevin, who use the touch screen every time I played him in Street Fighter 4 to just spam me with sonic booms, um, people like Kevin will be fine with this, because you're just tapping quick attacks, and uh, light little combos, and then swipes for slower, more powerful attacks. And as you continue on through the battle, uh, as damage is dealt and received, there's a meter at the bottom of the screen that builds up, and you can do three different types of power attacks. So there's, you know, 
once you get to level three, it's all cinematic, and it's actually ripped straight from the console version. Uh, the cra- crazy attacks where you fly up into the sky and go off on the planet and blow up and create a supernova and then land back in Gotham City. Anyway. Fuck you, Batman. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm already greatly feeling the effects of, <laughs> of this Shimei here. <laughs> All right, so my question is, um, how good of a job does this game do in balancing out some of the heroes? For, I mean, for example, like Superman compared to Batman, you know, Superman being the godly type character and Batman being a mere mortal. Like, how does it do as far as balancing goes? Yeah, well, that's a big question that came up during the development of this game. Um, and it's all covered in the storyline to the console version that you can get for PS3, Xbox, 360, or Wii U. Unfortunately, I haven't played that version, and the iOS version has no story. In Is fact, no story at all? No, you're just... I mean, it's a fighting game. Mm. Like, it's, in, it's fan service, although not the greatest, because, yeah, you're right. I mean, Harley Quinn can punch Superman in the face and knock him out. Um, oh. but that, there's, that's not canonical. There's no story, no instructions. Um, there were things sometimes I didn't even know what to do. Like it said, I had didn't have enough energy to continue on to the next battle. And it's like, would you like an energy recharge? And I'm like, okay, I guess if that's what I need to continue. But then I had to pay for that with real-world money. So no, I would not like an energy recharge. So I don't know what happened, but eventually I, I got to continue on. I don't know how I did it. It sounds like what, you had to wait a certain amount of time. What Perhaps. happened is you played a casual game. A lot of these mobile sort of. games, a lot of these mobile games are like uh, you can play for like an hour or a certain number of actions, and then when you run out, you have to wait like an hour or two, and then you get more units of whatever. That's probably what it is. Um, yeah. When I went to play this morning, my characters were fully charged, and I'm guessing it's just a time thing. But l- let me talk about what I liked first before we get into all that kind of silliness. Um, the I'm roster, enthralled. first of all. <laughs> well, I know how much you love comics. Um, I'm notorious for my love of comics. I'm sure we'll get into that we, later. We can, we can talk about that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's a pretty big roster, considering this is an iOS game. I mean, there's 18 characters, um, and each one has like an alternate costume, but it's also an alternate version of that character that has different stats. So, I mean, technically there's like 36 characters, but there's really you know, 18 different characters. Like, some of them have, like, subtitles. It's like Superman, Insurgency. I have no idea what that Insurgency part means because the game doesn't explain a damn thing. Um, I also like the graphics. The graphics are really good. Like, this is, like, PS2 GameCube quality graphics. Like, on par with with maybe even, like, some 3DS games. Um, But again, it's optimized for newer iOS devices, your iPhone 5 and such, so not everyone's going to see the same pretty images they kind of dumb it down the moves some of the moves are cool some of the moves are not like like the flash um his superpower in this game appears to be just being kind of quick instead of like you know being able to run around the world in like a second or whatever deathstroke well, shoots being, you being in the face with around... sniper rifle point black range so that's kind of cool what were you going to say about the Flash? I was going to say, being able to run around the world in a super quick amount of time doesn't exactly translate into great damage. I'm just saying, like, if he punched you, he could land, like, a thousand punches on your face before you could react. And in this game, he he is just, like, kind of fast. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but the, um, the super moves are really cool. 
um, you don't get to see them much. Uh, I'll get to that later. <laughs> but like, for example, Green Lantern, uh, all the super moves are pulled straight from the console version, which is surprising, but because they're very cinematic. But like Green Lantern, he like smashes you between two buses that he generates from his ring, and then and like throws a bunch of planes at you. So it's pretty cool. Of course, the question that I have to ask you is, since this is um, DC Comics, yeah. which versions of the characters do they go with? Is this Hal Jordan, Green Lantern? Is this Barry Allen, Flash? Like, who are these people? If I had played <laughs> the console version, I could tell you. I have no idea. I think they're seriously... Uh, I think this Injustice universe is an alternate universe. That's what I got out of the game. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of reading on the internet about the console versions of the games. I, I'm pretty sure it is an alternate reality. Okay. That's what it sounds like. The best part of this game is the card system, because this is where it really separates from other fighting games. Uh, it's actually a feature I would like to see in like a real, not to not to be uh, mean to the people who made this game, but a real fighting game. So you get these cards, and they have artwork on them, and they could be pertaining to a character, or just a specific attack, or even like a perk, um, and. I don't know. It's actually really cool. Like being able to level up your characters in this RPG style where they actually start to do more damage or you uh, give them this card that gives them this attribute. So now they have a more powerful super attack or whatever. Um, The actual character cards where you unlock an additional character that you can add to your three man team are super hard to come by. And I, again, I will get to that later because that is, that's where I start to not like the game. Um, It's worth noting that, um, this game is compatible with the console versions, and so it you can unlock something in this game and then transfer it over to you know your PS3 version. So if you want to play as Batman Beyond, you could potentially unlock it in the iOS version and then transfer that over to your PS3. That's cool. Do you, so with, with the mention of Terry McGinnis being a play being a playable character, do you feel like they did a pretty decent um, coverage as far as the DC roster? For the iOS version, it's all the heavy hitters. For the um, console version, it's pretty comprehensive. I, I, the roster's just about double this uh, 18 oh, wow. man, and there's more DLC to come. The first DLC character has been revealed to be Lobo, so they're 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 doing some pretty out there characters, like characters I've never even heard of. Is th- now is there multiplayer in this game? No, there is not. At least that I can find. Again, the instructions either they're buried in a menu or they're not there at all. But I'm pretty sure there is not multiplayer, and that's one of the things I hated about the game. Um, I'll, I'll talk about all that now. There's a lot to not like about the game, as much as I hate to say. As as, as much nerdy fan service as this game does, there's a lot to not like. Number one, progress is just slow. Really, really slow. Um, and then with that, they encourage you to buy crap with your real money. Right. So yeah. they, they, they dangle it over your head like a little carrot and say, bite onto it, donkey. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, you start out with this team of, of sort of second string characters like Night Qu- Night not Night Queen, uh, Nightwing and Harley Quinn. Yeah, Night Queen uh, pretty much fits the show. <laughs> <laughs> so... So my initial team was Nightwing, Harley Quinn, and Deathstroke. And did um, you choose them, or that was assigned no. to you? No, 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 they're assigned to you. You is don't that get, assi- to ch- and that, that's assigned to everybody. Um, I, I have read other reviews of the game, and they have said different things. So either they had an early copy, or it is potentially semi-random. But they're not going to give you Superman right off the bat, no matter what. 
Right. Those characters are ridiculously out of reach. I think Superman, to buy him, is like 220,000 credits. And now for a, a regular battle, you get maybe a couple hundred credits. Mm. You would have to fight oh, hundreds man. of matches to, to make that kind of in-game currency. And I'm not one to complain about longevity or replayability in games, but I'm not sure that I have more than a handful of hours of tap, tap, swipe, tap, tap, swipe in me. Um, and that's, now, not, that's not longevity. That's grinding. It, it yeah. is. It really yeah. is. Um, I mean, if instant gratification is your thing, you can re- use real money to buy Superman, Batman. But uh, I did the math, and it, it's roughly $20 to what? come up with the kind of money you need to buy Superman. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even mention this. You don't even have access to any character's full roster of moves um, until you either unlock it or purchase it. So this is where that card thing comes in. Um, I have Catwoman is one of my most used characters because I like her move set. But um, you like her move set? <laughs> That's what we're calling it now. I was doing air quotes as I said that you couldn't you couldn't see her. <laughs> but um, I, I don't even have her level three attack because I haven't either spent the money or gotten that far in the game. So, I mean, I've seen probably one level three attack, and it was by the computer. Um, I had to go on YouTube to watch them because I don't think I'm ever going to see them because I, I'm pretty much done with this game at this point at about probably 30 to 40% of the way through it. So, yeah, that's about all I really hated about it. I mean, it looks good. It sounds great. The music is really good. The sound effects are really good. Full voice acting. But, I mean... The time investment, I mean, or money investment if you're an idiot, is pretty heavy. I mean, you'll never get to play as Batman. Pretty much just download the game knowing that you're never going to be Batman unless you spend $20. And why would anyone else download that game? (sighs) I don't know. If if you can't be Batman, like that would be my whole reason. Or Green Lantern. Green Lantern's medium. You could probably spend two, three hours of the game if you're productive and get Green Lantern. Is there any kind of incentive to uh, unlock this stuff with real money? Like, does it, I don't know, expand the gameplay in any way, or is it basically just like an aesthetic difference plus potentially a different moveset? No, it's it's different moveset, so you get to see different moves. You get to see more of the game, basically. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's not like when you unlock Superman, all of a sudden he's punching people's heads off and like throwing people across the world you know he's just as it's all the characters are fairly balanced you know depending on how you level them up which again is pretty cool like being able to just reuse characters and grind and and get your characters up to being super powerful and just kick the crap out of everybody's kind of cool but when you can beat up superman as harley quinn uh, there's something in me that just doesn't like it and how much does this this game cost like, well, it's, a, it's, it's free. Price? Oh, so you, right. it's free to download. But then, if you want to, if you actually want to have fun after three hours, um, you're gonna pay. <laughs> you're gonna pay twenty dollars for Superman and twenty dollars for Batman, and... and right, and they're gonna be level one. So you're gonna get beat up by yeah. all the people you are fighting at, at that point <laughs> in the game. I do like the concept of the you know the card. It almost sounds like an RPG mechanic. Uh, and I feel like I could really get into that, but that part—that's my favorite part of the game. The card mechanics—it's mm-hmm. it—it has like this light RPG sort of Magic: The Gathering quality to it. The rest of the game makes it hard to really 
enjoy that. Emrys, you've been playing Tamagotchi? Yes. How's that? Uh, I have, um, it's, well, it's, it's quite good for what it is, which is to say it's Tamagotchi. Which is to say um, you're managing your pet's feces 24 oh, hours a day. I have such tales to tell you. Now, uh, I, I did some research on this game, and I'm aware, if I'm not mistaken, that this is a, just a straight port of the actual Tamagotchi games that were crazy in the late 90s. Well, I'll tell you all about it. Okay. Um, so the app is, when I, I, when I first found it, it was only on Android, um, so that's why I picked it, um, but it is now out on iOS. So if you want, you can you can get it for Apple, as well as Android. Uh, the app is called Tamagotchi Life, which apparently stands for Life is Fun Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a free app. Um, they they were talking about having a one dollar version without ads, but right now all of the ads are for the Tamagotchi Life website. Oh. Which is a weird website. Um, I've only spent a couple minutes there, but it's just like you can like vote for a hero of the month, which is a, just like a person who did something has nothing to do with Tamagotchi. <laughs> so with the so, with the advertising version, does that mean that your Tamagotchi ever evolves into a Big Mac? No, no, no. The advertising is only for Tamagotchi Life website. Yeah, there would be no point in having a, an app free version. Since it's only advertising itself, <laughs> you know the the app is pretty good. Like it has no system requirements because it's Tamagotchi. Oh, I I should probably tell you. Mark mentioned this. Tamagotchis were these keychain eggs that were big in the '90s. Had a little pet, uh, and this app aims to reproduce that experience on your phone. Uh, so the that, first that many of us did as twelve-year-old girls. so um the app itself is there's um the eight control icons that let you interact with your your guy uh there's two modes you can zoom in and you get to see the actual graphics from the 90s version and the eggshell shaped keychain okay and then you control it using three little buttons like select. What are the three buttons? Do? Next and cancel. There, okay. there's there's eight icons, and there's the next button, which just cycles through the icons in one direction. There's select. So once you have the icon, you select it, and then there's cancel, which just takes you back a step. And there are some unlockables that are kind of cool. Like you can unlock different shells for the shell view, and um, then there's the zoomed out view which is a full-color, higher-resolution Tamagotchi image. Wow. What does that yeah. look like? So, well, the original Tamagotchi was this little, you know, 8-bit black-and-white character. I'll describe some of the characters later because they're quite, uh, they're quite distinctive-looking. And your character would, like, it would, like, walk around on your little screen, you know, which is just taking, like, two steps back and forth. But it gives it some motion and stuff. And so this color version, like, it um, has bright colors, like, I don't know how many colors, but, and better, so it's like 16 or 24-bit graphics, and it, it, you know, it just walks further because there's more of your screen. It's basically the same experience, but just bigger, 
okay. and in color. And you can change the wallpaper on that. So the two unlockables are the eggshell keychain bit and the wallpaper bit. And you unlock those just by hatching Tamagotchis and literally, like, waiting for them to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to unlock new stuff, you have to you have to keep your po- your Tamagotchi alive for, like, a week. And I'll get into what that entails in a little bit. Um, but it evolves into four stages, and then the, every new stage or new look that you unlock opens up, you know, a wallpaper or whatever. So, like, you have to... Oh, wow. All right, I'm looking at this. You have to raise 200 Tamagotchis to unlock everything. And literally every time you want a new Tamagotchi, the old one has to die. So that that's like a week for each one and at least seven days to get it to fully evolve. So just don't even unlock everything here. I don't know how that would ever happen. That's like two years of your life. I guess if you really enjoy hanging out with these little digital pets, then you'll just do it by accident. Do you ever get sad when they die? No. No, not me. I'll tell you all about that. I'll tell you all about that right now. Okay, okay. All right, so the, 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 the lifetime of the Tamagotchi is best, I believe, told in story tale form um, <laughs> because it's, it's pretty linear in there. Anyway, so the experience of the game is that they present you with this, like, pulsating uterus, which is all covered in blotchy organs. <laughs> it's supposed to be an egg, right? It's supposed to okay. be an egg. But it like, and you know, it's supposed to be cute, and it's like purple and white or whatever, and it's got like egg stuff, you know. But it pulsates, man. And like, <laughs> also, all right, I'm gonna tell you right now that just spending time with these Tamagotchis has has given me maybe a warped perspective of them because they're dirty, they're filthy creatures. All right. So the first thing that happens is you you turn it on, and this egg pulsates at you for a little while, and then it pops open, and there's this black blob, which is, frankly, I think it's most adorable-looking version, because it's just this little black, round thing. It's got a little white eyes and mouth, mm. and it, like, hops around, you know, and it's all needy, and it wants to be fed. I and can so relate. Feed it. Yeah, so here, let me go over what the controls do. Uh, the first control lets you feed it. You can feed it either a meal or a snack. Uh, the Tamagotchi has two bars of needs. One is food, and the other is uh, happiness. So hungry and happy, all right? And it's got four blobs, four hearts in each bar. So if you feed it uh, a meal, it will get less hungry. If you feed it a snack, it will become more happy. Apparently, if you feed them too many snacks, they get sick. (laughs) But if you don't feed them any snacks, they go insane, (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I was playing with my Tamagotchi once and I would like play ball with it I'll tell you about the game in a little while and then it would be unhappy like three minutes later and I couldn't figure I would just like I would like play rock paper scissors and so like every round and it would just be unhappy ten minutes later and I was like what do you need and it just <laughs> it wanted a snack so yeah the next control is lights but you can turn the lights off your Tamagotchi's in the dark. I don't know if it likes that or not. But um, if it falls asleep, then you're supposed to turn the lights out, presumably also so it doesn't go mad. 
<laughs> right. What happens when they go insane? Well, it just needs a snack, apparently. But it, like, <laughs> its behavior stopped being rational. It was just weird. So then there's the game, which, to my mind, is the most interesting part of the experience, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the little eggshell version, the, um, the game is just a guessing game. Like, the little guy will face either left or right, and you push one button for left and one button for right, and if you're wrong, you lose... And he makes this angry face. All right, so this is why I think the the black spec is the cutest one because it makes this great angry face. It's all like eyes get big and its mouth gets wide and it's like, (laughs) you know, you messed up. And then if you get it right, then it smiles. It's cute. That's the big draw of the game is little guys are cute, supposedly. All right. And then there's the uh, then there's the sickness button. Okay, where you. It'll have a little skull. If it gets sick, it'll be all sad, and it'll have a little skull. And you just have to shoot it up with drugs till it gets better. That's what, what I do when drugs? I get sick. It's a syringe too. So like, I can only assume this is like this is like straight H we're talking about right. here. <laughs> right in the eyeball. I don't know. All right. So here's button number five, and this will be your favorite button. Like anytime you want to push this button. Just this, this is the best way to interact with your Tamagotchi when you're not feeling malignant. Uh, but it's a little rubber ducky, and it washes away your Tamagotchi's environment. No. You know, so you can clean your Tamagotchi as much as you want to, and you will want to because they are filthy. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out, like, what – do all Tamagotchis look the same? All right. Well, I'll, I'll get into the various versions because that's okay. the biggest okay. thing here. I'm just – so then there's another button for uh, – it shows you the how old, how much your Tamagotchi weighs, how the discipline is, and then if it's hungry or happy. All right. So typically you just keep it all hungry and happy all the time. But then, all right, there's two more things, which are a button and then a little notifier. And so if the notifier is lit, it means your Tamagotchi has some kind of problem, like it's unhappy or it's hungry – or it's just being a prick. And then you will have to yell at it, which is always extremely satisfying. You yell at it, and you, it makes its crying face, and then you, uh, you get its discipline bar goes up. Does it really – it picks up the, the sound or – No, no. You just push the button. You just push the oh. discipline button. Yeah. But you, I've had a lot of yell. beer. I, I, yell, <laughs> I yell at my Tamagotchi because it's a little awful thing. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh, you! When you're zoomed into the like animated version, you can tap on it and it will bounce around, you know, what? to express its displeasure. Oh, little yeah. Anyway, all right. So here's how it works: the the little ball, the little black ball, like it will go through a, a like a baby stage, and then um, and it will it will like fall asleep for five minutes, and it will shit. Now, there's just no other sleep, way. It shits right. the bed? You trained yeah, that thing yeah. poorly, man. It, this is its first stage. It comes out of the egg, it looks at you for like 20 minutes, and then shits itself. <laughs> you have to st- – all right, here's the thing too. Like the meals that you feed it are loaves of bread. I had a dog once that ate an entire loaf of banana bread. <laughs> and then vomited the banana bread up under the dining room table. 
So, like, feeding a creature an entire loaf of bread, that's all that says to me, is that it's going to, like, get sick. All right? So, the the Tamagotchi, like, after it shits itself, and then it eats, like, four fucking loaves of banana bread, it will fall asleep, you have to turn the lights off, and then it will get sick. Like, I've never had a baby Tamagotchi not get sick, so you shoot it up with drugs then. You overfeed... Your Tamagotchi until it shits itself and passes out, and then you shoot it up with drugs. That's the first hour of a Tamagotchi's life. <laughs> it sounds like the first hour of someone born in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, so then after an hour, it will grow up to its second stage, which is basically the same, only it's yellow and it's bigger. So it will look like one of those, you know, have a nice day smiley faces. And to my mind, it's a little less cute. Like, instead of the cool, angry face, it just, like, does this side-to-side, like, wah, crying face. You know, if you, if you like, if you, like, play the game with it and then it doesn't like it. Oh, so the other game, I was telling you about the clamshell game. The other game is Rock, Paper, Scissors, where you're supposed to lose. All right? So you're supposed to lose Rock, Paper, Scissors against your own Tamagotchi. And the Tamagotchi, like gets a point for every tie. So if you match, then it, it gets a point for that. So, like, you should never lose against this thing, and it's just a prick. Like, so you have to make it, like, that's the only way to make it happy is to lose rock, paper, scissors. So, like, I just think that game is is it's a jerk. So it makes hmm. me hate my Tamagotchi. And the whole point of this thing is that you're supposed to like it. You're supposed to want to, like, waste your time every, like, 15 minutes checking and poking it and see if it wants food or if it just shit itself. You know, that's the game. So anything that makes me not like my Tamagotchi is just not a good sign anyway. Yeah. All right. So it's a little smiley face. That's stage two. Stage three is one of two options that I've discovered. The first option is a cute pink guy with little arms and legs, and it, like, dances. So you, like, open up your Tamagotchi, and your guy is, like, dancing there, you know. And it'll notify you, and you'll come, and it'll just, it'll shit right in front of you, and it'll like, <laughs> smile. It'll, it'll, it, it's a great smile, you know. The, the whole, like, the animation is, is pretty cute, generally speaking. And it'll have this big smile, and it'll shit itself, and you wash it off, and you're like, God, you're disgusting. But it's cute. The other this is state- so similar to having a real kid. <laughs> <laughs> so stage, the other stage three, I found it really repulsive. It's this blob. It has no legs or arms, but it has these huge prehensile lips. And it will, like, <laughs> smack its li- I'm serious. It's orange. It has, like, wide-set eyes, so it has kind of a permanent derpy face. And these huge <laughs> flappy lips that just, like, smooch and makes, like, smoochy faces. And it, like, flops and writhes and squiggles around the... So that that that's the one I get when I don't do very well with my Tamagotchi, and like frankly, I have not been doing well. This is the longest I've ever kept on alive, and it's been nine days. Typically, they peter out at five, which isn't even long enough for them to evolve. Yeah. So then, at about a week, about seven days, you will get a random-looking Tamagotchi that is always kind of different. Like it could have a different color. There's a bunch of different colors it can be. And there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, there's seven looks for your Tamagotchi at stage four. The first one I got had these like big Mick Jagger lips. It was like beige. 
didn't have the derpy eyes, but had these weird, like, spider legs. I don't know. I don't find these things cute at all. But yeah, but that was not nearly as gross as the critter that I got this time. This one, it looks like it's wearing a, a white leotard, but apparently it has a mask on. So it's like a, it's like an egg with like a purple hat on and like a purple mask. So at first I was like, oh, cool, it's it's Batman. I got a little Tamagotchi Batman. And then, then I fed it. So I've, I, I, you know, I'm tentatively approaching this thing with a giant loaf of banana bread, and it opens its mouth, and it's nothing but teeth inside. It's just like this maw of gnashing, grinding, square teeth. So I threw the banana bread in there and just like let out a scream and ran. <laughs> yeah, and it's still alive. Like it's, it's right in front of me. It's cr- creeping around on little spider feet. I am down in this game. Immediately, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so basically, uh, that's the lifespan. I, I I can only assume that this one is going to live forever because I, I find it so repulsive. And like <laughs> some of my, so what you have to do is you have to like this is really all the game requires of you. You have to remember that you have a Tamagotchi app, and then you have to look at it like every half hour if you want to be like good about your Tamagotchi. And if you don't care about your Tamagotchi, you look at it once in the morning, and then you forget about it, and you look at it the next morning, and it's literally, like, got four times its body mass in Tamagotchi shit all over its room, and it's asleep. <laughs> and you didn't turn the light on. a bed of turds. <laughs> one time, all right, one time, I I forgot about my Tamagotchi, and I looked at it, and there were four of these, like, piles, at least like a pile of shit there. And I thought it would only like, I didn't even realize it would stack. And I've seen, (laughs) then I saw it go up to two, you know, and then one morning, apparently I forgot to look at my Tamagotchi. It had four piles. (laughs) And you couldn't even see the Tamagotchi. There was like half of it was off the screen, and there was like one eye looking at you like, you did this to me. And And it's asleep. So you can't actually do anything to it until it wakes up of its own volition. So I woke up at like six to go to work and I look at my Tamagotchi and it's asleep in this like bed of filth and I can't clean it off. Like the only thing you can do is turn the lights off and pretend that like and delay. So like the Tamagotchi's like asleep in filth and I couldn't clean it and I just had to wait for like three hours before it would wake up. And then it woke up and it was like, hey Goss like, I'm unhappy. And I was like, oh. And I just kept hitting the clean button over and over again, trying to get it clean. But you only have to hit it once to get all the poop off the screen. To my mind, like, after that, I didn't even want to look at it. Like, eventually it got sick, and I just overdosed it, and it died. You know? So you can't overdose it on heroin. No, like, if, if, if you try to do something to it and it doesn't like it, it'll just shake its head at you. That's Tamagotchi for you, pretty much. Um, so, I mean, I'm sold. <laughs> I I rate it. I rate it four big piles of Tamagotchi shit out of five. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a lot of piles. It's not the most amount of piles though. There could be one uh, more steaming pile. Yeah. So if you're like, if you want to brave the world of Tamagotchi husbandry and like look at its cute little angry face when you. Win at uh, 
rock, paper, scissors, then by all means, you know. But if you value your time for any reason, then, yeah, Tamagotchi will not make you feel like you spent your time wisely. Unless you're my friend, you know, at work. She loves Tamagotchi. I'm not sure why. Is she a 12-year-old Asian girl? No, but yeah. I, I think that she wants to be. Actually, okay. she's probably going to listen to this podcast, so now I feel weird. <laughs> totally not editing that out. <laughs> no, she's a married woman. She can handle it. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Kevin. Yes. I'm aware of uh, – wow. I am potentially drunk. So Mark is aware <clears throat> of I I'm aware that there bottle? is scotch in me. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. You have a review for us as well. I do. Well, a second review because I already gave you one, but there's two. You just blew my mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things we're going to do as a recurring segment for this podcast is a retro segment called Our Portable Past. And for the first episode, we're going to be discussing The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Um, this is, this is a game that I bought when it originally came out, and I actually, I, I played my original cartridge that, that I, that I owned for it when I was replaying it to, um, refresh my memory of the game, um, and I was actually, I was really surprised at how well the game held up, uh, it, it played very much like A Link to the Past, which is surprising considering the Game Boy hardware versus the Super Nintendo hardware, and right. M- Mark, you also were, were replaying it as... Uh, over the last week, right? Yeah, I've been playing the color version. Um, I've never owned the original version. I borrowed it from a friend, beat it like three times, and then um, just recently went wanted to go through it again uh, in color, which is different. We can get to that later. You downloaded it on the 3DS Virtual Console, right? Correct. I also um, I used to own the original cartridge of the color version, but yeah. No, I, I still the version I was playing was the original um, pea soup Game Boy version. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I that I you know remembered fondly from the game uh, were, were things such as um, you know the, the personality of the characters like like Marin and did did you ever uh, do any of the things like when she, like after you get the ocarina in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a segment of the game where Marin actually joins you for your, for your quest. Did did you did you get that far in your replay? Uh, I feel like I did. How early is that it's in the game? It's between the third and fourth dungeons. Oh, for sure. I'm right at the end. Oh, you're right at the end. Okay. Yeah. Well, if if you get the ocarina, but you haven't, um, actually, it doesn't matter. Um, if if you ever play the ocarina when Marin is with you, mm-hmm. she'll she'll trash talk your music playing skills. Like she, well, that's she, because unless you learn a specific song when Link plays the ocarina, it's all like. Burr, 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 no, it doesn't matter. Burr. Even if even if you even if you learn a song and you play it while she's following you, she'll still be like not very good. Oh. Um. I I think I got the ocarina later this most recent playthrough. Oh okay. Um, it it feels it, the the premise of Link's Awakening is that Link is on a ship. Uh, traveling from training back to Hyrule after A Link to the Past, the events that happened in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's shipwrecked and knocked unconscious, so he washes up on this island 
um, and found. And it turns out that the island is part of the dream of a being called the Windfish. Um, and it, it, it actually very much feels like a dream because that there are characters from other Nintendo franchises that appear in it, like uh, Goombas, yeah. Piranha Flowers, Shy Guys. Um, Chain Chomps. Chain Chomps. Um, Kirby even makes an appearance late in the game. Um, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Uh-uh. Oh, that that was in... Uh, he only makes the appearance once, and it's in the seventh dungeon. Okay. Um, Is that the one with the pillars? Yes. Okay. I hated that one. I hated that one as well. Yeah. I mean, this game... We're... we're revealing some pretty huge spoilers here, but this game's like 20 years old, so if you haven't played it yet, tough luck. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's a, a decade limit on uh, spoilers. And this is two, <laughs> two decades, so yeah. we're good. Um, one of the things that struck me was, like, for a game... This is easily, in my mind, the best Game Boy game that ever came out. Um, for it, sure. It was... I, w- I mean, I would say it was on par with the Super Nintendo game yes. that came out. Um even surpassing it in some ways as far as um like the soundtrack to this game there was a there was mm-hmm. a different song in every dungeon yeah that they did like the, the super nintendo game didn't do that this um, is my second favorite probably um game soundtrack of all time the first being final fantasy 6 but yeah amazing soundtrack it, it is an amazing soundtrack and, and this is also it was very groundbreaking because um this actually uh, set the folk not Ocarina of Time. This was the one that set the the music focus for like all the future Zelda games because you can yeah. learn different like you 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 find an Ocarina in the game and you can learn different songs for it and that's actually a huge part of the game. Like there are certain puzzles that you can only solve with these songs. In fact, that's actually right. how you beat the game is by playing a song on on your Ocarina. Yeah. Um, the, the the premise of the game is that you have to wake the windfish up so you can leave the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, you have to um, go through eight different dungeons to find the eight instruments of the sirens, and that's the that's the instruments that you use to play uh, the songs that awake the windfish at the end of the yeah. game. How Link does that is um, beyond me. Playing nine intru- instruments at the same time, but uh, magic. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, fine. It's magic. Now, in, in the, in the color version, there's the ninth dungeon. The color dungeon. Oh. Which I never played. Well, yeah. it's easily <laughs> the easiest dungeon in the game, I think. There's a lot of color-based puzzles, but they're very, very simple to figure out. And the bosses, there's th- three bosses in that dungeon. Um, but the puzzles are just, it's pretty easy. The bosses are pretty easy. I got through it pretty quick. At the end of the dungeon, you meet the great fairy who looks exactly like all the other fairies and (laughs) she gives you a new tunic. You can choose the blue tunic, which gives you higher defense, or you can choose the red tunic, which gives you higher attack. Now I'm a, I'm a seashell collector. If you get all the secret seashells, you get a better sword. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm already on my way to getting a better attack, so I, I chose the blue tunic. That's about the only difference in the color version, aside from the, the pictures. Randomly, um, I guess you kind of have to, at this point, know where they are, but there, there are cutscenes that trigger when you get to certain areas. And um, there's a mouse who owns a camera shop, and he will take your picture. And it could be at Richard's Villa, I think, is one of them. Um, one of them is in front of the Chain Chomp in, in the initial village. 
there's a few others. Taltal Heights, there's one on the bridge. And you can go to the camera shop, you can view all the pictures, and they're newly created for the Game Boy Color version, and they show a little sort of chibi version of Link doing silly things. It's for humor. Um, it was made to work with the Game Boy camera, but on the on the, v, the virtual console version that I'm playing, there is no camera, so it's mainly just uh, frivolous side quests that don't really get you anywhere as far as I know. Sounds like some good additions. One of the uh, one of the other things that struck me about the original game was how much they stuck with the dreamlike quality. Like outside of the other Nintendo characters appearing in the game, um, the final battle is actually like a number of different phases of a nightmare enemy, and mm-hmm. in in that battle, like it seems like there's a mixture of uh, nightmares of the windfish and Link's own nightmares. For, yeah. for example, you you fight um, different versions of enemies that Link has faced in the past, such as um, the Moldorm, Aghanim from A Link to the Past, and even Ganon himself makes an appearance, although he's very much nerfed from the yeah. uh, from A Link to the Past because you have to fight, like, six of these guys. <laughs> in a row. Without... In a row, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, like, I, I thought that a, a, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the, the the dream themes of the game came off very well, and this is, in my mind, one of the most unique Zelda games that has ever come out. This one and Majora's Mask, like there's there's side stories and they're they're canon. Mm-hmm. Like I have the Hyrule Historia, they're considered canon, but at the same time, they're so different. And they're so surreal, and there's so much weirdness, and that's what I love about both of those games. I would probably be completely remiss if I didn't mention that this game actually has side-scrolling segments reminiscent of um, Link's Adventure. Oh, really? Or yes. even if you have the if you have the feather, it's even you know. Yeah. It feels like Super Mario Brothers sometimes because a lot of the side-scrolling segments have have Mario enemies like um, Thwomp and Goombas. Yeah, exactly. That that's um, this is. Aside from the Adventure of Link, this is really the only other game that ever had any side-scrolling sequences. Am I right? Yeah, I'd yeah. never heard of that anywhere. Yeah. So, uh, and as far as the story goes, I felt like this was um, one of the more epic ones that Zelda has ever done because um, what what it does, like when you get about halfway through the game, you start um, since you are in a dream world and your quest is to awaken the Windfish and supposedly the island of Koholint that you're on is the dream of the windfish the the enemies will actually start warning you hey don't wake up the windfish you know you're going to destroy this island you know, everyone yeah. who's on this island is in the dream you are in this dream like you, so up until the end you really don't know like i remember my original playthrough that i didn't uh-huh. even know that i was doing the right thing by you know finishing for it. sure I, I was i was pretty sure the final battle was going to be with the windfish himself uh-huh That's this cool. game's very very emotional like yeah. it's it's so groundbreaking. I mean, it seems almost simple now going back and playing it, but I mean, it's so cinematic and it's so emotional for a freaking Game Boy game. Um, and, and yeah, for 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 a freaking eight bit game, it right. brings out so much emotion. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, that even though you know it turns out you did the right thing at the end of the game, like mm-hmm. it's still a real like it's still easily the most depressing ending for a Zelda game that has ever happened. I I they, think. If you do a zero death playthrough, which isn't easy, I mean, I did it on the original Game Boy. Um, you could probably do it with restore points on the on the virtual console on 3DS if you're, you know, 
a person who's only been gaming since the 90s or something but uh <laughs> um noobs it's you, you it it tries to give you this sort of uplifting ending but at the same time it's still like you know it's so sad because basically you you kill all the bad guys you wake up the windfish and everyone's gone you 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 just it's almost like final fantasy 10 you know uh it's very, very emotional. I think. Well, what 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 it is is you 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 beat you beat the last guy, and you know, Link wakes. It actually it actually has a really cinematic ending. Like I've yes. it's a Zelda game has never done anything like it before or since, um, especially mm-hmm. especially in the you know top down format. Okay. Um, where you know Link wakes up. He's in the middle of the ocean after his shipwreck. And you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, none of this ever happened, which is what makes sense because, you know, that's what Mario 2 did. You know, yeah. where it's like, oh, the, the whole thing was a dream. Like, none of this actually matters, a whole side uh-huh. story. And then suddenly you hear the sound of a whale and you look up and the windfish is flying in the sky. And you're uh-huh. like, oh, so this whole thing really did happen. And you're like, oh, so this whole thing really did happen. And I right. committed genocide. <laughs> sort of, yes. <laughs> Well, ba- basically, so, basically, everyone that you talked to or interacted yeah. with throughout the entire game died. Well, even you, Marin. Even Marin. Marin you have and that Les- great beach scene with where you're sitting just by the ocean just talking. Yeah. It's like, it's early in the game, but it's still like that scene will choke me up. Yeah, well, be- because like it- it's it's more character than I think Link has ever had. Sure. Where, you know, he's actually invested in another character who isn't Zelda. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the game, especially if you don't get a zero death completion, it's really mm-hmm. depressing. Like you've killed this girl, <laughs> right? So uh, a lot of people complain that Zelda is basically just the same formula over and over, where you like you go to a dungeon, you find a, a thing, and then you like use that thing to get out. Does this game, you know, does it set a precedent in terms of the gameplay? Not or necessarily. Does it in any particular there are certain there are certainly puzzles that um, you're constantly hitting start, going through the items, and, and, and selecting a different item all the time. It kind of mm-hmm. breaks up the gameplay. I almost wish for the Virtual Console release that they would have done second screen, second screen kind of stuff where you could just select uh, items on the fly. But you're all, always using your um, secondary items, switching between them and everything uh, for puzzles in the overworld and the dungeons. I, I agree with Mark on that. My the one thing that really took me out of the game was that I was constantly having to switch items up, and that's the reason why I say A Link to the Past is better than Link's Awakening is mm. simply because of the four face buttons on the controller as opposed to the two for the, of the original Game Boy. Because yeah. you know, anytime you have to like, I, I find that it severely nerfs the Pegasus boots that you have to have them selected to be able to use them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, A Link to the Past, you just press the A button at any given time, or you, know, you press the A button to lift an item, Where, but in, a, in Link's Awakening, you have to have the power bracelet equipped, you have to have the Pegasus boots equipped, and at the time, I realized Nintendo had nothing they could do about it, but for, mm-hmm. for newer releases and ports or the virtual console release, they really, could have, they really could have done like a definitive version where they made use of the 3DS's um, four face buttons and the two shoulder triggers and just made it so much more, um, just made it flow so much better. I agree. Uh, um, it's not bad. It's still, like, I'm always torn between 
my top five Zeldas. Like I always go back and forth. Link's Awakening's in there, but whether or not it's number three or number one or whatever is, I uh, it fluctuates. But Link to the Past is more epic, I guess. It's 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 more like functional, I guess. But Link's Awakening, I always go back to it and say, man, this game was one of the first games that like told a story that I cared about, that affected me emotionally, and I don't know. So good, and, and I don't I don't know that any of the other portable Zeldas like uh, Minish Cap or anything has even matched it. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think makes it so special? Is it um, just the characterization or a combination? The characterization, the simple fact that nothing else had done what it had done at the time. Like this was a huge portable game in 1993. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of size or. In terms Scope of size, in terms of it, the story, was completely epic. Um, there was nothing matching it at the time, and and and, and the writing was top notch. Like that that story seriously had me wondering up until the very end if I was doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, It's really hard to, to determine, like as a thirty three year old now, like going back and playing it for the first time, what it would be like. But. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's nostalgia, but it's also the soundtrack. I mean, music has such an effect on me in the game. Um, Final Fantasy X, again, which I, I, I talked about earlier, how it's similar, how you know the main character was just a dream and whatever. But um, a soundtrack can make or break it, I think, and it really makes Link's Awakening. Ballad of the Wind Fish is oh. easily one of the best Zelda songs ever. It is my favorite game song of all time. It is there's a few different versions, and I, I go back and forth between which is my favorite. Ballad of the Windfish, yes, is in, <laughs> from my perspective the greatest video game song of all time. And because the, I can listen to that a million times and still like get a little bit like heartbroken. The, the the moment that always chokes me up a little bit is when you're in the ending cinematic of the game and you're playing the song to w- to wake the windfish up and it flashes it does the brief flash to everyone that you've interacted with throughout the game and even some yeah. of the monsters and the moment where you see Marin singing along with you as yeah. as you're waking up the windfish and destroying the entire island like that's right. like that moment chokes me up. Mm-hmm. So guys, speaking of getting choked up, my my Tamagotchi just shit itself. <laughs> <laughs> Was it ingesting the feces? No, but it, it's really gross. It's just like <laughs> Did a pile you check there. your Tamagotchi out of compulsion or because you were bored? Because Kevin and I are potentially <laughs> manly in love with a Game Boy game. <laughs> Well, I was detecting a little bit of maudlin, you know, beer weeping coming on, and, and I just, uh, I decided I had to make a, you know, a, a poop joke. Like, oh yeah, it, it was can... well, t- it was well timed. I did drink all of the scotch, and <laughs> I needed with something. A bottle of Chimay, and I, I can. There was a little bit of wavering, maybe, in my voice there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are all the reviews for this month. All our, our, like, scheduled reviews. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if listeners are, are, are hoping to hear, like, fresh reviews and, like, cutting-edge news and all that kind of stuff, they need to maybe go somewhere else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, 
No, we're definitely talking about stuff that we have strong feelings about because our feelings. Yes. Portable Power Podcast is all about feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so you'd say we're super emo? No, no. I was cutting I'm myself sorry. that entire segment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You should see my hair right now. It's all over one eye. Did you spontaneously Skrillex yourself? Yeah, I shaved one side of my head. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a friend who um he had his hair really long and it went down over one eye like that. I didn't know him at first, so this was my first impression of him was his hair, and I was like, oh, this emo guy. It turns out he's a total rock star, and he he only <laughs> combs his hair like that because he has a mean widow's peak, <laughs> and he calls it the imperial comb over. <laughs> so yeah, it, but you, you have to admit the first time you see anyone like that you're like huh that's someone I don't need to be friends with <laughs> yeah. I know right that was exactly the thing I was like yeah I'll stay 10 feet away from him you know when, when, I, when I moved to Williamsport like four years ago I, and you know I like I had to get a haircut for the first time I was there I was I was looking for someone to do that and like so I went to this new person and I, I you know I'm not like super picky about how I look or anything but they were like, well, what were you looking for? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really care. And they're like, well, how do you feel? And they described this haircut for me. I was like, that sounds exactly like the guy from Fallout Boy. And they were like, yeah, that's exactly right. I was like, yeah, I don't need to come here anymore. <laughs> we're done here. I feel like I feel bad for hairdressers because, like, really, I just want to wear my hair in a terrible way. Like, I just want it to be long and shaggy looking. And mm. then people like my girlfriends, you know, they tell me, like, you have to go – get your haircut, and then so I just sit there and I'm like, hey, here I am. Just make it look so women won't hate me. I'm sorry, do you currently have a girlfriend? No. <laughs> you were seeing, well, you, you had mentioned a week or two ago that you, through the power of Pokemon, oh, you yeah, had you know, a date. All right, so uh, Pokemon has been my portable game of choice, apart from Tamagotchi for the past couple weeks. Which version? Um, Pokemon Black 2. Okay. All right. There are two um, blacks and two whites. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To populate their respective species. And they both live together in racial harmony. Ebonia <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, I just started singing, yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, I put like 240 hours into Pokemon since I got it. Gosh. In, you, into white too? Black too, yeah. Wait, I thought you had white too. Oh, I do have Kevin, white too. think outside yeah, no, the box. It is, it is white. They're the same game. This is whatever. Anyway, so white too. And, um, well, if you if you want to do breeding and whatnot, you have to put a lot of time into it. So I don't think Pokemon there. have the six. I don't think I've ever put that much time in any game ever. I know, right? Well, the thing is, like, I can pick it up and, and carry it with me everywhere, so I end up playing it on the train platform. Yeah, that's the funny thing about like, portable games. You can, pick them up and, you can pick any of them up and carry them anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know, have to be Pokemon. You're, you're choosing Pokemon. I do choose Pokemon, and here's why. Pokemon, I choose you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sitting there on the train platform, and the train, it, it's doing something crazy, like... The train normally comes, people get on, too many people get on, and then it leaves. Today, the train came, 
people got on, too many people got on, and then the train just sat there for like five minutes, and somebody said something like, hey, you know, so the trains are sitting there with the door closed, and so I'm, I'm sitting on the bench playing Pokemon, I'm thinking about, oh, and I have a cold, by the way, so we've already discussed my hair being a, a frazzled mess, and my nose is dripping, so I have a cold, and I'm sweating, because I sweat. And I'm sitting there looking like a real classy superhero. And uh, this girl comes up to me and she sits down next to me. And she's got some embroidery that she's doing, which I called cross-stitched when I was talking to her. And then later I was like, oh, cross-stitch is like something that you do with 12-year-olds to teach them how to embroider. Anyway. I don't know. My sister uh, made me a badass cross-stitch Legend of Zelda alphabet. It's in my. It's well, framed in my son's room. I don't talk too bad about cross-stitch. I I, no, no, I, I did see it. It is legit awesome. My mom cross-stitched me a Tyrannosaurus Rex when I was a kid. I know right where that is. <laughs> All right, sorry. Anyway, you story. Go on. Yeah, she was doing embroidery, and she sits down next to me, and she's like this cute young Asian girl with like the punky haircut, you know, and like purple hair and boots and all that stuff. So I saw her there, and I was like, okay, you know. That's never going to happen. I'm just playing Pokemon. And she, like, creeps up next to me and goes, hey, are you playing Pokemon? And I'm like, yes. Isn't it manly? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had, I, oh, like, I've been growing a beard, and it's, like, in the not beard stages of a person growing a beard. And so. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know that stage. Yeah. You know, so that's how I looked. I was sitting there sweating, like, fluids all over my face and <laughs> playing Pokemon. I'm 30. And this girl is like, you know, and we start talking about Pokemon and like uh, all this stuff, you know, movies and whatnot. And then we get on the train. This is an empty train somehow. And we're talking and she's like, hey, so do you want to actually meet me at a bar later? And I'm like, yes. All right. So we exchange numbers on the train, which is funny for like three reasons, because first of all, for all the people who live in Chicago and they see each other every day on the train, like nobody talks to each other on the right. L. Like, everyone just sits there, minds their own business, and plays Pokemon on their portable devices. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Actually, I think most people are reading, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey on their Kindle. But... <laughs> That's what I'm doing uh, right now while you're telling the story. Yeah. So, so what you're <laughs> telling me is that everyone on the train is extremely titillated. The, I can only presume that there's at least like one boner for every other person on the <laughs> Oh yes, I'm drunk enough that that's hilarious. <laughs> I hope our audience is too. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. We should, preface, we should preface our next episode with like, hey, what are you guys drinking? If it's water, just switch now. Yeah, don't if even it, download this. If you aren't drunk, you should stop. <laughs> Once we get to the end of our reviews, we'll all, we we should all be at the same place, and then the madness can begin. Yeah. For the record, so, so much scotch right now. <laughs> oh, uh, definitely should have had that cupcake. Hey, and this is this is drinking time. This isn't just like being a doofus on the internet time. This is hard. Yeah. This is professional well, this is work. I call this work. <laughs> you know, you got a, the twelve ounce curls. That 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 adds up. Yeah. Any amount, of Shim- any amount of Shimei adds up, let's be honest. That's true. Shimei Premier. 
again, red label, at room temperature, mind <laughs> you, in the Chimay brand chalice. I just yes. drank one one pint, 9.4 fluid ounces. That's pretty good. I, you know, 7% I, alcohol, which is kind of like tap water, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, dr- I drank my scotch out of my Chimay chalice. So, nice. Yeah. Oh. I drank my beer out of the bottle because I'm a classy. I considered it because I wanted the listeners to think I was a man. But well, I, I, have a, I have I, a great story about drinking Chimay out of the bottle, but it's not appropriate for a video game podcast. Okay, okay. Well, let's move on because um, <laughs> some there's some there was a huge Nintendo press conference about a week ago, which we're not going to cover much of oh, because yeah. we're a little bit out of date. But um, May. And the, actually, the summer in general has some pretty great releases coming up, um, which is not normal. I mean, summer is usually the drought of video games where you go to GameStop, buy all your used games or whatever. But uh, Well, first of all, if you're listening to this in May, you should know you can probably get a hold of Oxy or Dioxys Pokemon. You can get Dioxys. What is that? Yeah, so I don't legendary. Know it's a legendary Pokemon. Is there some kind of monthly thing that goes on with Pokemon that I don't know about? No, no. Uh, what happens is they have these legendaries, and there's only a few per game. And, like you can only catch one on a save, so they're they're supposed to be rare. And then every once in a while, Nintendo will have an event mm-hmm. where you can like download one of these legendaries. The event is where the players don't get laid. <laughs> None of the attendees have any kind of genitals. Um, anyway, there, there, there are sometimes in-person events if there's like, but since the whole world, the whole world plays Pokemon, for sure, they usually put it out like over Wi-Fi. So like a month or so ago in April, there was an event at GameStop. You could go to GameStop and pick up Meloetta which is one of the new mm. Generation 5 Pokemon Legendaries. And she's only available through this event in the U.S. So if you miss it, you're out of luck. And anyway, mm. Deoxys is coming out in May 8th through the 15th, I think. You can get it over. How do you obtain that thing there's, that you said? There's instructions online if you go to okay. probably any Pokemon website. I like to read the uh, Bulbapedia which is at bulbagarden.net. Go to, let me see. Yeah, can, looks like you can just go to bulbagarden.net. May 8th, yeah. Pokemon news for you. I know that I'm the only one who plays. Yeah, I have not played a Pokemon game since Pokemon Red and Blue, and I think I put about two hours into Pokemon, <laughs> whichever Connor. version that was. You caught a Rattata, and that was it for you. Yeah, I don't quite get it. it the, the the appeal to grown men, it's it's like I'm I'm like one or two years born too late or something. I don't it, I don't really you know. Understand. It's it's one year because I get the appeal. Okay. It it's not the the strategy is actually really deep if you mm-hmm. actually get into the mechanics of the game. If okay. you become an OCD monster then yeah, like, it's completely yeah the the depth is there. Okay. If you put in 240 hours and start breeding your Pokemon, then but even even if you don't do that stuff, you can still like like all right, I like Pokemon too much. Weren't you 
like catching monsters, like legendary monsters, and realizing that they didn't have the nature that you wanted, and then resetting the game so you could maybe get a different nature that was more in line with the stats you wanted. All right, the best part about that story is that this is before I understood what natures were what, and so I actually got backwards natures for virtually all the legendaries I caught. Like, instead of boosting the stat I wanted, they actually decrease the stat I wanted and boost the wrong one. And all that is a simple matter of, of color recognition. Yep, <laughs> yeah. And reading the directions, you know. Sometimes these things get away from us. What else is coming out in May on the portable uh, gaming front? Mario and Donkey Kong, right? Yeah. Which I'll be covering in the next episode. That's good news. Um, I've never played any of those games. I think I might have one on my 3DS and have never played it, but... Um, Mario vs. Donkey Kong? Maybe. That um, yeah, that, that's one of the ones... Well, we are both 3DS ambassadors. Um, we are. We, which really just means we paid way too freaking much for a console that is only now becoming potentially the greatest console of this generation. Uh, he's right. <laughs> Although I have some, I mean, I've purchased some really fun games over those years. Oh yeah, you know? no, I like no, no lie, like, I had a lot of fun with our 3DSs. Yeah. Um, and, and like every time I fly out to see you, you know, like I mean, that's the main thing that we play is our 3DSs. Right. But I, yeah, I, we, we we totally paid way too much. I wasn't sold, but I'm glad I got mine when I did. Um, I got the 3DS XL, so that the big screens are huge. I mean, yeah, I. Draw. You know, I I was hoping that's how big the normal 3DS would be when it first launched. Um, but now that I've seen a 3DS XL in person in the store, I feel like the, the 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 construction isn't as solid as the original 3DS. There's something that feels cheap. Something that feels cheap about the shell on the XL, although it has the corner or the rounded corners, which is wonderful. Um, but there's something about the 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 matte finish and the and the shell that just doesn't feel as polished and clean as the as the ones that Kevin and I still cling to. Well, and I just I I want my portable system to be small. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. that that's that's what I want out of it. The, the, the original, I get it. like both of us, Mark and I both had the three, had the DS Fats that came out, and yeah, what I, I what I didn't like about that was how huge they were. Like the DS Lights were so much more appealing. Oh my god, right. it was night and day. Yeah, I 3DS, uh, or sorry, uh, the DS generation. I mean, I died of DS fat owner. I, oh, I so never did I. upgraded. Yeah, we're we're the, we're the unique ones. We're the I don't know if we're, it's because we care about where our money goes or what it is, but we uh, yeah. Well, we're we're early adopters and we're not rich. That's true. Yeah, there you go. That's why I still. I mean, yeah, I have a Wii U that needs to be updated. Just so the OS works properly every week, <laughs> it's like an hour and a half update. I still don't have a Wii U. As much as you've missed out, which isn't a whole lot, there's there's a couple good games. But um, you when you finally go to buy one, you're gonna have one that doesn't need to be updated mm-hmm. right out of the box. You're gonna save yourself like three hours of your life. I heard that initial update was horrific. Yeah, I spent eight hours that day about. Just with the console, um, two hours of that was actually gaming, I think. Oh, my gosh. I, I read about somebody... Data transfers and stuff like that. 
I read about somebody who was updating their Wii, and they somehow, like, they had it plugged into a strip. Okay? So, their TV was off or something, and they had their Wii plugged into a strip, and it was updating. And they unplugged the strip in the mm-hmm. middle of the update and mm-hmm. bricked their Wii. That's normal for most consoles. If you, like, if you, if the if the power goes out during uh, any kind of like software update, mostly during the installation, not during the download, uh, it'll brick your console. Most consoles like, will do that. Over an hour and a half of doing it, yeah. like it's it's easy to just be like, okay, well, I'm gonna go plug my speaker. Oh no, everything broke. Yeah. Well, what's nice about the newest? We're totally talking about stuff that's not portable gaming, unless you count that. Uh, They've released some kind of like car adapter or something for Wii U, so you can play it in your car. The the Wii U um, controller, I mean, is you can play it on the shitter. I consider that a portable game. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I've played it in bed and on the toilet. Um, <laughs> not all games support that feature, but um, yeah, the newest Wii U update uh, makes downloading updates and so forth a little bit easier. But. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Let's talk about what else is coming out in May, like Kevin's favorite game series of all time, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yes, that is a series that is near and dear to my heart. Kevin has a, a huge Vin Diesel um, poster <laughs> on his wall with the mouth cut out. <laughs> um other than that, for the, th- the 3DS, we have Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, which comes out uh, the May 24th, and Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which will be released on the eShop Virtual Console on April, th- sorry, May 30th. I don't have anything for iOS releases in May because it seems like they're kind of hard to come by. They kind of just come out when they come out. Although I did see that um, they're making a new Final Fantasy Tactics game that's only for iOS devices. Oh, really? Well, that yeah, means and apparently it's an iPhone. It's social integrated, and will probably support microtransactions that are equally evil, or maybe even more so, to um, the Injustice game that I reviewed earlier. That means that I'm not buying an iPhone. Yeah, that's the kind. That's the thing about iOS games. But um, like, what was the one? Theater Rhythm. I think Theater Rhythm for the iOS, uh, for iPhone and whatever was was free, and then but each song was a little bit every single song actually was paid to play so it actually came out to like 120 dollars to get what what uh we got when we bought the 3ds version Oof. something like that my math's probably a little off but there you go you you did get the 3ds game right oh yeah i I played it quite a bit and i'll play still play it every now and then on a lunch break or something that's a game i wouldn't have minded downloading as a digital release when it came out it potentially should have been cheaper, but then again, it's seriously like some of the greatest music, video game music of all time. I put a ridiculous amount of hours into that game. Like, I don't feel like I got ripped off. I just wish that it was something I could, um, that it that suited the more of a portable environment where, like, I had downloaded it so it was on my system at all times instead of having to have the cartridge in. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, did you ever download any songs? Ever pay to play any of the songs? No. Did you? Because I think there was 70 on the cartridge and then 50 you could download. Yeah, I felt like what they put on the cartridge was fairly comprehensive. I didn't really need anything else. Did, did, did you download anything? It was. I thought about Final Fantasy VI, um, one of my favorite game soundtracks of all time, right up there with Link's Awakening. Um, 
I thought about downloading, I think there's one or two songs, only like a dollar. I thought about downloading those, but I already paid $40 for the game, so to this day I'm torn. Yeah, I, well, the the big draw for me would have been anything that they did from 7. Um, mm. And they they had the really big ones already on there, so I did I didn't feel like I needed yeah. anything like the um, the Cosmo Canyon or whatever it was that they called it that they had as a downloadable song. I, yeah, there was a couple from like Dissidia and stuff. I'm like, I don't care about this. No, I don't care about that either. I have to piss, so let's 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 wrap this up. Okay. Yeah, we've been been going um, about two hours now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a while. So, all right. Well, let's go over what we're going we're going to do on the next episode. Um, for yeah, the next episode, but, I will be covering Mario Donkey Kong for the that's 3DS. Cool. I'm going to be doing the uh, Pinball Arcade app um, for Android, specifically probably the uh, Table Genie and Attack from Mars. And I'll be playing um, Dungeon Hunter Four for iOS. Okay, and for our next retro segment, um, Mark will be covering Metroid 2, The Return of Samus. I and will. I will also have a couple things to say about that game, because I've played it a little <laughs> bit. It's, it's a great game. Cool. So yeah, uh, until cool. next time, or until we figure out some kind of uh, farewell for our listeners. Sure. <laughs> Stay drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this when I'm sober. (laughs) All right, well, thank you for listening to the Portable Power Podcast. Have a great night. Goodbye.